0: This is CyberSound, your simplified and fundamentals-focused source for all things cybersecurity. With your hosts, Jason Pufall and Stephen Maresca. Welcome to CyberSound. I'm your host, Jason Pufall. Today, joined by Matt Fasaro, Steve Maresca, and Lou Ardolino. Welcome, everybody. Hey, how are uh, you? So, Lou, this is your second time joining the podcast. We're going to bring you in for a, a serious discussion today. Uh, um so I think actually it we'll we'll separate this into into two people the tiniest bit cuz I think uh Matt you've been on the uh in part of the TBNG Inc family for a really long time with a mm-hmm. really with a really long background in in infrastructure for sure. Yep. Um I think you know really at, at a high level I guess steve and I have been involved in security sort of together. Uh so we'll we'll maybe we'll take the slightly the security position in this and I think you know Lou uh really probably also on that infrastructure side. So maybe we make this a, a two versus two discussion. Well battle of the bands. Yeah. I mean, you know, well, that way it's fair. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, you know, what we want to cover a little bit is, is I think that that sort of age old struggle between, uh, you know, say, say infrastructure and, you know, sort of keeping things running and maybe implementing new technologies versus maybe that approach that security brings sometimes, which is, you know, inspection and, you know, maybe to some degree, you know, prevention of activities. You mean just saying no, just saying no, because everybody knows a good security person just says no to everything, right? Because that's effective security <laughs> controls. Um, but I, but it is a serious topic, right? And it is one that we run across pretty regularly, which is simply um, we're probably working with a, with a company that has a lot more infrastructure, folks. Uh, maybe not. Uh, a complete security mindset, but the, but, you know, maybe business ownership or, you know, regulatory requirements, whatever, require some implementation of security. And so how do you get both sides to work together effectively? Cause I think that, that is honestly a challenge, right? And I think traditionally has always been difficult to do. Um, so I think I'll, I'm going to, I'm going to just toss it over the fence. I'll call it to the bad guys, to the infrastructure guys. Uh, <laughs> you know, where, where is that challenge? You know, what, uh, you've been I'm sure you've been faced with this a lot of times, you know rolling out projects um yep. where do you think that friction starts yeah and and Lou, I think you probably have
1: one of the hardest jobs here, right because so you're you're kind of in charge of our client success uh so when people have problems, they kind of go right to to Lou Ardolino right
2: yeah, that's correct and and you know it it um when you talk about the challenges of keeping your customers secure. A lot of times, you know, when you're in an engagement and you're contractually obligated to um support an environment um, you're kind of in a reactive phase as far as you know support services, right so um of course you're of course you're you're performing all your your patching and your maintenance as well as you can uh, but unless you have change control implemented from a support standpoint, um you can really you can really uh you could really hold yourself liable to to making some serious mistakes not documenting what you've done not getting approval for what you've done and that's just from like the day-to-day support perspective um the customer wants it done as fast as possible um SLAs be damned um Priority matrices be damned. Just get it done. And your engineering team wants to deliver uh, as quickly and as efficiently that they think as possible. And that's where you kind of get stuck when it comes from a project perspective. When you're implementing um, a widget, or you know, you're 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 doing a, a, a network forklift, you stick to the scope of work as best you can. Um, but I think, you know, I think if we took a scope of work from the professional services side, let's say the infrastructure side, and we ran it, we we handed it to Steve Maresca and said, hey, here's our scope of work for this server firewall switch deployment. Um, we need to get this done in in, in three weeks. What, what do you think? I, I, it would take us about six months to get it done by the time we finish redlining everything in, in that SOW. <laughs> and that's where the that's where the problem lies because right. he's not wrong, right? He's not wrong. And neither is the the project implementation team. They they want to get it done as professionally and as efficiently as possible, but unless you're really interjecting a security flavor into your into your scopes of work and into your day-to-day help desk support of of your customers, you know, you 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 you're you you can you can really tie things up from from a delivery perspective, and you could also get yourself tied up from a liability perspective as a company.
3: I, you know, I I think part of that is simply a reflection of the customer priority, right? You have uh, that their revenue is directly tied, their business success is directly tied to how rapidly something gets rolled out. So you know, from an infrastructure deployment, whether that's a internal infrastructure team rolling out a new app or an MSP doing that on the behalf, it, it's not necessarily keeping in mind the choke points or monitoring or secondary things needed to deliver security. It, it's not an afterthought per se. It's just responsive to the need to get something out the door to meet a you know quarterly deadline or something like that for revenue, right? I think that's the underlying cause.
2: Yeah, I agree. I mean, look at it from even the most basic level of security from a year ago. Like we were trying to sell multi-factor authentication to customers and they would just roll their eyes because they didn't want their employees to have to take that extra step to put in a code. Right. Now, their cyber liability insurance policy demands it and we're we're doing it for them now with you know no questions asked, but you know that 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 cycle takes a while for for, you know, because immediately they go, they, you know, they 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 go to the they go to the lowest common denominator and they and they think about the, what's going to cause them the most pain, um, not what's gonna you know prevent them from a security incident.
0: So I mean how much of it really is a a client, right? In a way, infrastructure is sort of the here and now, right? It is you're implementing uh a new tool, a new program, whatever the case might be, and you, maybe end users are clamoring for it, security tends to be a little bit more sort of future-focused in the sense that you're right. reducing risk for some indeterminate future state, right? So it's a, it's a lot harder to sell, and it's also, frankly, a lot less attractive. And, and in many ways, uh, IT, right? You're more traditional IT people. They're judged on you know stability and what have you delivered for me lately? Uh, and security doesn't really bring that.
3: Yeah. Security is more anticipatory of potential risk, which right. is restating what you said, but
0: it's in essence, the the main, the main issue here. Right. And yeah, and it's hard to look, to look ahead. Right. I mean, that's what insurance, in, in a way it's insurance. Yeah, right. And, it, and a lot of people defer insurance because like, well, I could take my 200 bucks a month and spend that you know, on something, on something a lot more fun. So, and that's kind of the business we're in in some ways.
1: Yeah. And a lot of times uh, you know, back when I was doing infrastructure, the, I always have these internal arguments with <laughs> with my peers too, right? I, I would always be a lot more security focused, and they would be more, "We need to get this done, right?" Um, and you know, I, I always saw both sides, and, and quite honestly, I pared back sometimes, you know, what I was expecting out of a secure deployment or something. Um, yeah, it, it's it's always a struggle because when you're doing infrastructure, you do want you have to get it done quick. Right. You can't wait for uh, a security review to do to be done or you feel like you can't wait. Right. You feel like app. you can't. can't right? wait. You, you always feel like you're kind of just sitting there on your on your hands if you're not doing something all the time. Um, and, you know, a lot of times that's what either what's expected from them or if you're a service provider, you're expected to be doing work all the time. And when you're, you're told, hey, stop, I need the security team to do something, you feel impeded. Right. Mm-hmm.
3: It, speaking from like the customer's perspective. They've greenlit the product or the the widget or the service. They've gone through procurement. They've done through the contracting already. They they've not thought of the vendor risk oriented the data risk, and they have already passed to the point of saying, "Here's the here's our financial outlay." They they don't want to go backwards, and it feels like they're going backwards if any security is injected late in the process. Right,
0: late in the process. So I so I think right the the. What I wanted to make sure that we covered was how do you rectify this issue? And I think, you know, Steve, you jokingly said at the beginning, right? Security is taking the position of no. And I think there's two solutions to this. You know, one one clearly is, and, and obviously we don't believe that security is taking the position of no, but you know, the the an effective security practitioner understands balance to your point, Matt, right? right? Which is coming into it and recognizing there's business need to get a certain product out and if you want to make that project as secure as you can in frankly you know maybe the the time constraints that you have or sort of you know that meet the business needs and and there it's unlikely that you'll be able to go and implement every security control that you want or be in the position where you where you lock it down fully right because it just won't work right um and then i think the other is the infrastructure folks do need to bring in security earlier in the process uh and i think if you've got a team that does show balance, a security thing that shows balance, there's going to be a, a, an increased willingness to do that.
3: Especially because risk can be accordingly balanced with effort because it might be something that can be deferred rather than baked into an infrastructure sure. rollout. It's just a matter of knowing, hey, here, here are some potential risks. We've documented them. We'll return to them next quarter. That's sufficient in many cases. But that, that type of thought practice, uh, that thought behind it is not often practiced
2: right yeah um yeah i agree with you there <clears throat> some of our best infrastructure projects have come from customers that have had vulnerability assessments and they realize the risk that they that, that that they have and they're willing to you know take those extra steps to make sure that the deployment is secure as well
1: yeah a lot of it does comes down to communication, right? <laughs> it, Always. That is for sure. Right. Yeah, I mean, communicating that, you know, timelines might change because some security process has to be done for it to work properly um, or infrastructure just communicating, hey, you know, here's when I have to have this done by. Right. Right. It, if everyone's talking to each other and you know, feel that they can um, put forward their procedures that have to happen, then it's usually successful it's when you feel like you have to hold back or you're, you know, stepping on eggshells to do anything that that's when it becomes a really tenuous situation.
2: Yeah. You, you, you establish the customer expectations from the beginning and you, you keep touching base with those, uh, at, you know, touch points throughout the, throughout the project implementation. So the key is to, you know, like you said, communication right from the get go.
3: Yep. I'm fond of talking, I'm fond of talking about, um, the fact that it's very possible to deploy something that has a security flaw if it's business critical, it's just that you have to have that conversation to ensure everybody's aware of it. And as long as that's happened, there's really no barrier to moving forward. It's it's not a technical issue at that point. It's just a an organizational decision to
1: behave in that way. I think the other aspect that gets in the way sometimes is the uh, the ooh shiny thing that both teams have a problem with. Right. right. That's true. Uh, you know, something cool will come out in security and everybody wants to implement it. And the same thing happens in infrastructure where, oh, you know, this new feature solves, you know, world hunger. I need this. And both of them have problems, right? The the, the shiny security thing might cause serious usability problems. The shiny infrastructure thing might be a complete security hole that nobody ever should implement. Right. And balancing those two is always, always a problem. Mm we we had you know internally we had those struggles when we decided on our RMM
2: right yeah i was going to just bring that up internal yep. projects alone have caused um confusion and delay
1: yeah i mean these are things that every organization's going to have to deal with and you know we we deal with them internally too we we always have that struggle i think we've gotten very good with it over the past year and a half or so um because we you know we've integrated the, the two pieces of the company so well and we talk regularly uh, again, communication really saved the day with all of that stuff.
0: So, it, it, I mean, I couldn't agree more. I mean, it, it really is no more complicated. I think you know, communicating, but coming from a from a position of trust, you sort of mutual right. trust. Uh, you know, if you can do that, and recognize that you know, there might not be that perfect solution in either direction, you just find your best balance. Uh, I mean, it doesn't have to be that hard, but it does really come down to communication. I think not- nothing's worse than when two groups work in isolation. Uh, and then just assume the other one has you know some malintent somewhere, which which you, we yeah. see all the time, yeah. right? <laughs> so, uh, well, I, I feel like I feel like we just solved something that you know I, I've, trug- I've struggled I've struggled <laughs> for a lot of years on exactly how to address all of this, so I'm pretty satisfied with this.
1: Yeah, it, a lot of it is just getting some chemistry with people, right. you know, putting them in the same rooms more often, getting them to talk more often, being part of project process from the beginning. It helps a lot, and I think that's avoided a lot of times. You know, we, we have separate departments, right? We're not integrated into infrastructure right. most of the time. We're not integrated into security, you're on the other side. Um, you know, seeing more of that would probably help. Um, and, and again, making sure that people are part of the process
0: from the, the get go is helpful. Yeah. Lou, anything you want to add in closing? No, that would make my job a lot easier.
2: That's for sure.
0: Well, I think. If we can make lose job easier, then we uh, really, I
1: mean that's that's the reason we all live. We want to make lose goal, job. 100 a- I mean that's why we're
0: here. We figured this out. Let's make lose job easier. So, uh, all right. I mean I think on that note, right? The takeaway is if if you're in this IT space, maybe doing some security, uh, really trying to open up those lines of communication, and 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 I think really you know, really no no tongue in cheek intended. You know, don't don't be on that side of no. Like you would definitely find that middle ground and and be willing to compromise. I guess that's just the nature of life, but, um, this existential podcast today, (laughs) I mean,
1: I think you'll find that a lot of, there's actually a lot of similarities. Most, some of the best security people are good infrastructure engineers. That's fair. So Mm -hmm. I think, I think both teams have a lot to offer each other. They should talk more. Right.
0: Um, well, as always, uh, you, know, if you want, if you want to talk about your your challenges getting a security project done, or you know maybe vice versa, right? It's where you feel that security is being an impediment, you let us know. I think actually one of the things that we do bring to the table that is really effective is sort of our ability to to find that common ground or that middle ground and and, and be reasonable arbiters. So uh, you know, feel free to reach out to us, LinkedIn, Twitter. Uh, we're happy to bring in Lou to a follow up conversation. Right, a, a, a skilled people person, uh, and we will. Uh, we'll continue our conversation from there. But as always, we hope people got value out of this. We appreciate you listening. Uh, Steve, Matt, Lou, thanks for joining today. Thank you. Stay vigilant. Stay resilient. This has been CyberSound.